Well, I hate to go from the beauty of that music and that upbeat message, many gifts, one spirit, to this opening line. But the world is in bad shape, don't you think? Has it ever been worse than it is today? We're experiencing a crime wave. As reported by CBS News last month, the first quarter of this year saw an increase in the murder rate by 24% over last year and almost 50% over 2019. There have been 336 mass shootings in this year, and over the July 4th holiday alone, 180 people were killed in gun violence in more than 500 reported incidents. An unprecedented heat wave is sweeping the western U.S. There seemed no end to wildfires and hurricanes. As of Friday, I didn't have a chance to check this morning, as of Friday there were 78 confirmed fatalities with 62 people still missing in the tragic collapse of the Champlain Tower in Surfside, Florida. More frightening, structural engineers warn us that with the age of the nation's infrastructure, it means there are countless buildings like this one, not to mention roads and bridges just waiting to crumble. Unemployment may be down a little, but the price of gas is up a dollar a gallon. The public, there's more. The public religion research institutes reported in May that 25% of white evangelical Protestants believe the government, media, and financial worlds in the United States are controlled by a group of Satan-worshiping pedophiles who run a global child sex trafficking operation. 25% of all evangelicals believe this. And that research institute tells us that if QAnon was a religion, it would be as large as all white mainline Protestants in this country. Now, if that's not scary enough, I will remind you good church-attending folk that church attendance is rapidly declining across the country, and the percentage of the population who claims to be atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular now stands at 25%, 26%. That's up 17% since 2009. And there's the coronavirus. The death toll now stands at 4 million across the globe, with more than 620,000 deaths in our country alone. The scary Delta variant is making the numbers rise again. We're not done. You know, I could go on and on. The world's in bad shape, don't you think? Has it ever been this bad before? Would you be willing to participate this morning? I've never done this before. Participate in a little survey. If you think the world is getting worse, would you raise your hand? Who thinks the world is getting worse? If you think the world is getting better, would you raise your hand? Most people didn't participate. I'm talking to you out there in cyberland. Most people didn't participate. I saw a few sheepish hands one way or the other. Of course, I was trying to bait you a little bit this morning, purposely attempting to skew the result of, of your response, filling your head with some numbers, your hearts with the fear that surrounds us every day. I could go on and on with bad news, you know. 
With the 24-7 news cycle and ever-present social media, there is a lot of bad news going around. It just ain't like it used to be, right? We need to go back to the good old days, right? But the preacher of Ecclesiastes has a message for all of us. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. It ain't like it used to be. Apparently, people have been saying this for a very long time. We could talk this morning about nostalgia for the way the church used to be, for the way this church used to be. You know, this church ain't like it used to be, is it? I heard that a few years ago from an older member of our congregation, and there was a little bit of a barb to it. You know, she was talking to me as the pastor. You know, it just ain't like it used to be. You're right. It ain't like it used to be. We could long for the culture of my childhood or yours, but do we really want to give up all that we have accomplished to get back there? We could pine for the good old days in America, though I do not know what people are talking about when they say that. To what American age do they want to return? Which social ills would we be willing to accept to get back to whatever glory we thought is back there? What racism, what sexism, what discrimination and prejudice, what xenophobia that was part of our past, it's still part of our present, but that was part of our past, what do we want to regain by wanting to go back to the way it used to be? Yeah, the world is different today than it was in the past. Did you hear that? The world is different today than it was in the past. I hope that strikes you as about the dumbest thing one of your pastors has ever said. Of course the world is different. Of course the church is different. Of course this church is different. Of course our culture is different. Today is never not going to be different from yesterday. Today is never not going to be different from yesterday. You can write that down. But there is no past to which we ought to want to return. Not, not any past whatsoever. Pining for any past is a sure guarantee never to get to the future. God is not back there. God is always in front of us. As God told the prophet Isaiah 2,800 years ago, I am doing a new thing. God is in the present. God is moving us to the future. As we think today about the fear of inevitable change that is the heart of that irrational longing for some sentimentalized past, you know, the good old days, we could talk about the church or this church or our culture, or the American landscape, but I'd like for us to broaden the picture today. Let's think about the past and present from a global perspective. Let's go back not to the glory of my childhood or yours, or to some imagined perfect uh, uh, past of leave it to beaver's world. Let's go back 200 years. Maybe the big picture will give us perspective. Let's try to think a little bigger than me. You know, is the world better for me? Perspective. 
Max Roser is an economist at the University of Oxford who spent five years collecting data for a project called Our World in Data. As part of the project, a survey in various countries asked the question that I just asked you, is the world getting better or worse? The United States, only 6% of respondents thought the world was getting better. Only 6%. And that was true around the world. Very few people think the world is getting better. Very few people think the world is getting better. Why? That's a sad and frightening statistic, a sad and frightening commentary. The implications of a pessimism so far removed from reality are dangerous. You know, if it ain't like it used to be, who is responsible? And what might people be willing to do to their enemies to try to make it great again, you know, like it used to be in the good old days? If the world is going to hell in a handbasket, there's good reason to be afraid. And fear breeds greed, not generosity. If it ain't like it used to be, there's a lot of reason to hate the people who are in charge now. And hate creates anger and hostility, not trust and welcome. Fear makes enemies, not friends. If we're trying to get back to some idyllic past, we better be sure that the good old days we seek to return to are not really just a fantasy of nostalgia or born of resentment or driven by the fear of inevitable change. Because a, a detachment from reality drives people farther and farther into the dark corners of disinformation and misunderstanding, creating isolation, destroying community. 25% of white evangelical Christians believe a Satan-worshipping cabal is in charge of the media and the government. It ain't like it used to be. Fear, hatred, detachment from reality. There may be no good old days that are not a creation of fear or resentment or false nostalgia. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. Max Roser, that economist who spent five years collecting data from around the world, says the world is getting better, and he has data to prove it. I was going to make copies of a chart, but I've forgotten. I'll try to make them for you if you want one. A chart that summarizes this data he has collected across 200 years of human history. The world is getting better. Your world is getting better. Let's listen to a brief summary from five years of data collected from around the world. The world is getting better. Poverty has fallen. Two centuries ago, a staggering 94% of the world's population lived in extreme poverty. Roser defines extreme poverty. Today, that number is only 10% around the world. Now, to be sure, if 10% of the world's children are still wasting away in aching, crippling poverty, that means far, far too many children are starving of the malnourishment that is well within our means to eradicate. 
But 10% is a much better number than 94%. Do not say the former days were better than these. Fewer children are starving to death in the world today. Number two, basic education has increased dramatically. 200 years ago, only 17% of the world's people had received a basic education. Today, 86% have a basic education or more. And education is the key to changing the world, especially the education of women, women who too often are living and working as single mothers. The education of women will change the world. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? Women are being educated around the world. Number three, related to education, uh, Roser says, but studied as a separate factor, is literacy, which increased from 12% to 85% across the world since the early 1800s. Now, that may be a difficult achievement to celebrate given all the work we need to do in Mecklenburg County. In 2018, it was reported that only 39% of our third graders read on grade level. There is much work to be done, but do not say, why were the former days better than these? The whole world is reading. Number four, the fourth indicator studied in this project is the increase of democracy around the world. Now, democracy is far from perfect, as Winston Churchill noted in 47, calling it the worst form of government except for all those other forms of government that had been tried. As imperfect as it is, as much attention as we need to give to our practice of democracy in the United States, democracy has lifted millions of people into opportunity and out of the oppression of colonialism and autocratic rule. In 1820, only 1% of the world's population enjoyed such freedom. In 2015, the number was 56%. And 80% of the people who still live in an autocratic regime live in one country, China. There's plenty of room to grow, both in the expansion of democracy and in the way democracy is practiced. But the world is moving in the right direction. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? Freedom is growing. Now, the fifth measure is an interesting one to note in this particular moment in our history. I did not choose to pick this out to pick some political scab today. I mention it only because Roser indicates it as one of the raw facts of the world, namely that vaccination has vastly improved the world. At the beginning of the 19th century, no one was vaccinated. There were no vaccinations. Millions died of easily preventable diseases. Today, 86% of the world's children are vaccinated against diphtheria, pertussis, and, and tetanus. These and other medical inoculations have saved millions of lives. Thank God for the advance of medicine, for the doctors and the researchers and the scientists who create cures that save lives. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? Vaccines are making the world better. 
And number six, the final chart representing five years of intensive research shows that in the 1820s, nearly half of all children died before their fifth birthday. It's a staggering number. Half of all children died. Today, the infant mortality rate worldwide is down to 4% in those first five years. That's a dramatic improvement, though it is worth noting that the United States does not fare well in this category. We rank 33rd out of the top 36 countries in the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. More troubling is the racial disparity evident within our nation. The infant mortality rate for African Americans is more than twice that of whites. Systemic racism continues to haunt us. The data make that clear. But do not say, why were the former days better than these? The world, the world is getting better. It is not from wisdom that you say, it ain't like it used to be. Now, I understand that when tragedy brings life crashing down on, our, on us, our little world is understandably all that we can see. If I'm dealing with cancer, family tragedy, the loss of a job, if I'm in the midst of one of life's inevitable struggles, it may be little help to be reminded that the world is better off today than it was 200 years ago. We all live in the moment of our life's own smallness. You know, today is the best day, as Winnie the Pooh reminded us. It's really the only day that we can worry about. That is reality. But for the rest of the time, perspective is a great thing. We need perspective on the good days so we can take it with us into the hard days. In the grand scheme of things, our disappointments and setbacks, our fears and disillusionment may just be petty first world problems or they may be born of our own biased view of the world. We are part of the grand movement of time the world is a better place today for most people than it has ever been before. Will that continue? Will the world continue to get better? Well, there is no guarantee of that. It's completely up to us. But to be sure, we are poised to make it so. We have more educated people in the world. We have better technology in the world. We are poised to make the world a better place if we don't destroy ourselves out of hatred or stupidity because we cannot see beyond our own selfish needs, our own biased ideologies. If we cannot be honest about the history that got us where we are today, the good and the bad, Knowing our history is the beginning of understanding where we stand today and where we want to move in the future. Will the world continue to improve? It's completely up to us. In his commentary on the book of Ecclesiastes, Sibley Towner summarizes the frank reality of this uncommon perspective. From such a perspective, he says, it is clear that there is no general progress in justice and righteousness, no ethical evolution, 
but only individual examples of wise persons who acted prudently. Hard words, but reality. God is not just dragging us along, kicking and screaming, making the world a better place, whether or not we agree with it or participate in it. We are not directed by a fate beyond our control. There is no guarantee tomorrow will be better than today, but we are free. No, it ain't like it used to be. Thank God it is not like it used to be. Will it be better tomorrow? That's up to us. May it be so. Amen.